So is it hard to take me seriously while I'm wearing these? Surprisingly, no. It's not uh, that distracting. Um, but instead of looking at your eyes, I am looking at your glowing cat ears instead. Oh, okay. So it wouldn't be distracting if I did this or this or just kept changing the colors. Do they not like here. rotate through? Do they not have like I a... can make them. I can make my glowing cat ear headphones automatically rotate through a series of colors, but I haven't Do learned it. that. Do it. You won't. I haven't learned that button prompt yet. Hold on. Live on air. This is great audio. Okay, we're going to do this to make the lights go through all of them alternatively. Okay, here we go. I'm going to double tap. There. Oh, that's fun. Here we go. And now for the rest of the episode, just imagine that there is a glowing psychedelic rainbow hovering above my head and you'll have a pretty good idea of what it's like in the studio. In a cat ear form, of In course. cat ear form. Yes. The best form. Yeah. I did wear these to school. <laughs> you did. I, I was well. I uh, I don't wear them like well. I'm teaching, obviously. Uh, All right, kids. <laughs> uh, you're gonna tell me who Renee Marguerite is, and uh, yes, Tommy. Why are you wearing cat ear headphones? So I don't have to listen to your bullshit, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Any more I, questions? No, I I listened to the cat ears. Uh, I I was painting this giant mural out in the hall, and so I had the cat ears on, so I could listen to um, some perhaps. Not safe for Catholic school music while painting. <laughs> booty, 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 booty. Yeah, that's all, all I have is just Miss New Booty on endless repeat. That's all I got. All the single ladies. All the single ladies. That's just Beyonce a, is not school appropriate. That's just, that's just a powerful anthem. That's, that's okay. And we're all single ladies at school. <laughs> uh, really? Well, I, I mean, all the kids are. <laughs> oh, God, I hope so. I so hope. do you count yourself amongst the kids? Uh, you know, if they keep putting me at kids' tables, I'm going to keep thinking of it. As long as I'm cool to one second grader, I'm still a child. What? When have you been put at the kids' table? Uh, well, at school, like, all the tables are children's tables. There, there aren't any adult tables. They don't make those, like, foldable stool tables for adults. They no. don't. Why don't they make those? They do. There was a picnic table I wanted to get that folded out for separate, like, picnic benches that you could sit around. It was made for adults huh well that just sounds awful it sounds incredibly unpleasant aaron hates picnics kind of no it's not the picnic part it's that 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 seat sounds uncomfortable as were the stool seats from the cafeteria tables yeah but the pizza was dope yeah yeah it was you know what else is dope who you and you and me and us and, and we. we're Mar- and that's aaron and that's elizabeth and, and we're, we're married, married to the, the idea. idea. Still better than the first go round. God, yeah. Still better than the first. Nobody try. will ever hear that. Absolutely not. It, it went weird. All right, I'm right. You're still glowing. Yes, absolutely. Okay, well then I'm gonna leave him alone. I'm gonna go straight into the plug party. All right, go right ahead. You can find us online at marriedtotheidea.weebly.com. If you want to email us your ideas for episodes, you can email us at marriedtotheideareviews at gmail.com. We are on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And if you enjoy listening to us but wish we'd get just a bit more specific for just a bit longer, I recommend checking out our Steven Universe fan cast. <laughs> Welcome uh, Beach City. Keep oh, Beach City, City quarantine. quarantine. There's a fun acronym, which in no way helps me remember that. <laughs> KBQ. CQ. There you go. We will be coming back to do that. Uh, later this year, now that they finally released the Steven Universe uh, movie. Uh, no, the future. Did they? They did. When? Uh, like a, a week or two ago, HBO finally heard Announced our fan it. letters. and. <laughs> Thank you, Rebecca Sugar. Thank you. Uh, but that's what we're going to do today. Uh, 
Today we're going to do something a little weird. I know, us weird, right? <laughs> uh, we're going to do a YouTube deep dive because I think that YouTube is... We're going to do a YouTube dive. I don't know if sure. I would call it a deep dive. Fair enough. We all have our favorite YouTube videos, uh, but Aaron and I really enjoy YouTube, and I don't think it's fair to not include it when talking about stuff that we like watching, just because it's not a network. I I don't think this is the age anymore where we can say, oh, it's just online. It doesn't mean anything now that everything's going streaming. So what we wanted to do was instead of just like going on and on about Markiplier, we thought we would <laughs> actually talk about uh, specifically Markiplier is my wife. Yeah. Uh, specifically animation. We wanted to talk about some of our favorite animators hanging out on YouTube, making awesome content. I'm excited to talk about this. Me too. Uh, do you want to separate it with uh, like the more obscure ones, or do you want to start with a little bit more well-known one? I thought what we would do is we'd start with our fan videos and then move into the original content. Uh, not because one is better than the other, but mostly because if you are interested in doing art of any kind, including animation, fan art is a really good way to get your stuff out there where people might see it and then come look at the rest of your stuff and say, oh, I do like what you're doing. And I think that's true of almost every art form. It's true of writing, true of drawing and illustration. So why can it not be true for animation? Exactly. And, um, the, and YouTube is such a unique platform for that. It could be the place where your art becomes well-known or it could be where you die in obscurity. <laughs> Yeah, I hear the algorithms are not nice. Uh, there's a reason that I don't do video content. That sounds like a lot of work for nothing. <laughs> so I appreciate anyone who's still using it as a medium. Uh, some of the artists that we talk about today, we do, uh, <laughs> I, say, I was about to say financially support, but it makes it sound like they depend on, on us for the scraps we throw at them. That is not true. Oh, God. Erin Elizabeth haven't sent the payment. No! I don't know why I went British. Uh, I don't know, but I, d I do uh, have a Patreon. I, I do. We have a Patreon, married to the idea, but we also support other artists through Patreon, and I'll let you know when we get to those, just so you uh, don't think I'm, I'm biased in any way. Oh, totally. <laughs> She's totally biased. Absolutely. Because uh, I think that, uh, well, I don't think that YouTube is like the best place just in the way that it buries things in the algorithm and the way it treats its content viewers and that you can get suspended for no reason and there have been some people who are able to like take youtube to task and be like no i was you can't do that uh one person that strikes me is Lindsay ellis who uh was uh trying to get a student takedown by a person that she was talking about uh and youtube stood, stood with Lindsay ellis's side where usually they always side with the plaintiff and immediately just take him down without the accuser any, mm -hmm, which it's it could get into all sort of weird copyright stuff, but we don't really want to get into the nitty-gritty. We want to have a bit of fun today. So we're going to talk about some really cool artists, some really cool animations, and maybe if you are fans of these, you'll check them out. And then we'll also talk about just some original filthy adult content <laughs> and the filthy, second hat. Filthy, filthy no, adult. I do want to say that most of the stuff we talk about will either feature explicit words because they're literally taking recording from other people and animating over it, so they have that to work with or explicit content especially with our uh, originals at the second half so just something to think about as we go into here uh, but who uh of our list aired of our of our fan vids what uh what should we start with i've got a list here well i mean we could start with who really kind of got us started in it um with the uh mim bam animatics 
Okay, yeah, so we're going to start with Plum Bob Millionaire, and that's why it's so hard to talk about YouTube, because that is a real person, and I just cannot, like, get over, like, their Twitch handle being the name that they go by, but who am I to judge? Elizabeth Kidder Illustrator isn't even my real name anymore, so I still hide behind that. You're not that. even a real journalist. I'm not even, a, re I'm not even a real boy. Uh, so, You're not even a real journalist. way back in the day, we were introduced to my brother, my brother, and me, and I promise we're not going to plug that the entire time, but sorry if you don't care for them. We're we are going to yeah, start with that. They, we're we're going to plug them a lot. We're going to do. We're going to do it a little bit. Uh, so uh, we were introduced to the concept of the McElroys both through their Monster Factory show and through this short uh, called Sea uh, Burglars. Yep. Uh, and again, so if you've never really like dived into animation on YouTube, uh, most of it is. Uh, test animation or i would say rough animation because animation is a stupid involved complicated process i roomed with an animation major in college and it takes so much work just to do the smallest thing it's so much effort yeah there's actual steps uh storyboarding and um rough sketches and there, there's like a whole other step too that's in that process but there's the one step that seems to have caught on very quickly because it does take a little bit of talent in art and drawing and everything like that, but it takes less talent than full animation. Um, and I know this because I'm actually trying to, sorry, create <laughs> my own at the moment, and it is not easy in the slightest. Uh, and it's called an animatic, which uh, you heard us reference just a minute ago. Um, essentially, it is a full animation, but it's missing 90% of the frames, essentially. Yeah, so it's imagine a bunch of storyboards got put together in really fast order. And the cool thing about animation is that it's it's not just they're all the same length. It's all about editing. Animation is supremely about editing and timing. If you don't get that right, the whole thing kind of just falls a little flat. So it all has to do with how you cut and how you zoom and how you jump from shot to shot. One thing you're going to hear me mention a few times, uh, especially in the, probably in the second half, is fluidity and smooth, uh, being smooth, um, along with uh, extra motions. Um, there's a term called bump the lamp um, in animation that actually comes from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I don't. I feel like I've mentioned that on this podcast in the in the past, um, but it's essentially going the extra mile in animation because in Roger Rabbit they uh, were interacting with live action objects, and the biggest rule of thumb back then was do not make the animated characters who are in this live action setting touch or interact with anything live action except maybe an actor and the the crew for roger rabbit was like <laughs> you know what screw that and they threw it right out the window so there were so many times when they would do that and the biggest one was a at one point roger rabbit bumps a lamp and it goes swinging and it looks completely natural like this animated character who lives in the real world touches this lamp and bumps it so um Going that extra mile in animation really, really makes a difference sometimes. Um, that's why I'm so disappointed in some animes I've watched. Because the animation at the beginning is so goddamn beautiful and fluid. and um, You can tell where the money went. Exactly. Or like who was able to spend that time versus, you know, oh, we got to turn this out in a week or make sure this is ready to go for this next episode kind of thing. Like more of a factory versus an actual art piece. It's kind of like when a big AAA video game company makes a randomly generated roguelite. Like 
that should be your indie developer's project because it doesn't take as much work. So it takes work, but it doesn't take as much. So a smaller person can do it. So it's weird when your big triple A's are like, yeah, we can use pixel art too. Like guys, like you have all the money. Go, go do pretties. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure that you understand you mixed metaphors on that, right? Whoops. Did I? Yeah. Cause roguelike is did a I game show, type. And I then the pixel art is a, uh, did art I show style. that I'm not a gamer in any way? They, I mean, you, you, the I, facade I, has <laughs> faded away. You all have seen my truth that I just watch videos about video games and then pretend I know things. <laughs> let me, let me pump you up a little bit. You know more about video games, uh, in some very surprising areas. Um, you watch a lot of the reviews by, um, no punctuation. So now zero punctuation is also an animated technically yes. an animated thing that I really enjoy. And that's a guy not only animating, but doing a whole script, five minutes of a review. And his are, his are great. Zero punctuations are great because he not only has a script, but he has tons of visual gags as he's talking the script. So if you don't, if you just listen, you're missing like half the jokes that he's inserting into it. And that's also an animatic style where it's just exactly, your images yeah. laid together again and again and again to create stuff. And again, that's, that's, what, that's what's so cool about animation. Like I get it and it's funny and the jokes land and it doesn't have to be hyper realistic, even though of course the, the, the realist stuff is gorgeous. And I will tell you like my favorite animated YouTube video of all time at the end of this because it's the thing that got me into this in the first place. Okay, but, yeah. But I love just that animation or webtoons or comics. They don't have to be gorgeous to be effective. In fact, in some instances, if it's a humorous one, the, the simpler or more sloppy, quote unquote, the art is the better the joke is. As opposed to like those animes you talk about where you have that gorgeous intro and then the faces don't move except for the mouth every shot. Yeah, it's like the only thing that's moving is the mouth to get through the uh, the dialogue and that's about it. Um, and I'm noticing more and more, I would say probably from the early 2000s and on, uh, anime studios and animation studios in general are pushing the limits on what they can get away with not in a bad way, but in a good way, like how much animation can they actually put in to just a show or how much, you know, effort can they put into just a show? Because the movies, they're allowed to spend a little bit more time on and they get a bigger budget versus where the... Uh, being an independent content creator where you always have to be churning out stuff or you fade into obscurity, which is just sad, but also amazing that these creators are like, okay, you came on, I'll, I'll animate till I die. Uh, the the thing I like about uh, Plum Bum Millionaire's work is that it's it's just black and white, but he has excellent character design, and uh, it doesn't look like anything else I've seen. It's not like Disney, or it's not like I, I don't even, I don't even know how to describe. It. He just has really cool character design. All of his characters are distinct. Uh, I love the visual gags that he throws into it. He has tons of great angles too, which I wasn't expecting again from animatic. Just how, all the work you have to do to like angle it at from below to up or for a tracking shot, all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And and I think animation in itself is a different type of filmmaking. We've discussed this definitely in the past when we talked about uh. Uh, like wolf walkers and stuff like that where animation can no longer be considered just a child's entertainment it is now become a form of filmmaking or a genre of filmmaking versus just like film noir or horror or comedy you know there are film noir comedies there are film noir horrors as there are horror animations there are horror comedies 
you know, the shit exists and it's time to stop ignoring. I just heard about a horror animated movie from this year. Uh, The whole thing takes place inside a house that they are constantly painting and repainting and putting things in the shot. It's it's stop motion. You ever seen those chalk videos where they or one of those painting videos where it looks like the arm is reaching out across the wall and you know that every shot was them erasing and drawing it again, erasing and drawing again or making it bigger, making it smaller. Just you can see all the lines of where it used to be. I would I would be interested um if and it was you a can horror find more. Film. Yeah. yeah. I watched a whole review As of I it. As I recall it was a horror film. <laughs> I watched a whole review of it. It was really fascinating. Um it was gorgeous to look at too, just the effort. It was it was held together by duct tape and dreams. Like you can see it all around <laughs> the edge, but that's like the grungy horrorness of it all. Like it works well. There's some really good independent horror movies. And I don't mean like your A24s or your um you know, even the stuff that's coming out from Hulu nowadays, you know, those are still very much worthwhile and worth talking about. But like, there's shit on YouTube that, and I'm not talking about like the uber, uber creepy that really unsettling, like, don't hug me, I'm scared stuff, like where it's unsettling. There are legitimate horror uh, shorts on YouTube. Um, I watched one, it was called uh, like, in the closet or something like that. And this person is hiding in the closet. It's like three minutes long. And it was, no, wait, that was on Amazon prime. (laughs) My bad. Um, but there's some, there is still some legitimate horror out there, even just on YouTube. And you can find, um, was it channel 33? Um, we watched, uh, uh, film theory on it. Mm -hmm. Um, that one is really neat. Uh, and I've seen some others, like I'm fairly certain I watched lights out on YouTube. And Lights Out is legitimately creepy and has some fun little spooks in it. And it's maybe five minutes long. One of these days I'm going to let you have your episode of talking about horror movies. One of these days I'm going (laughs) to let you have it because I know you love it so much. Maybe maybe I'll finally get to watch uh, the, the new one with Vince Vaughn. Yes. And I'll just, we'll have like a horror. Freaky Friday with a serial killer. I will watch that one with you because I really like Vince Vaughn. And I like it's supposed, it looks very gory. And I'm, I'm, I'm 30. I can, I can take it. You are certainly getting more and more um, numb to it. You still don't like it. You don't seek it out, but you are becoming more numb to it. Nah, kid slice his finger open with an exacto blade. I've, I've become tough. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> okay. Like you're, you're hearing my reaction live, folks. I have not heard this story. No, no. Uh, he, we were doing screen printing, and I uh, wasn't watching him while he was doing it. And I came back very calmly, and he's like, yeah, I think I've got the bleeding stuff. What bleeding? Like he's like, oh, it's okay. I stuff like, no, no, no. I'm your teacher. You have to tell me when you're bleeding, even if it's okay. You have to tell me so I know everything's okay. You bleeding? Yeah, yeah you, you bleeding. bleeding. All right, I want to go from line work. I want to go from that into just the ability that basic shapes have to create awesome animation. I want to talk about F- Fraser Connell. Uh, this is another guy who we got introduced to through Bim Bam Animatics, and uh, I will say the Nakarai brothers are really nice uh, as far as they encourage and appreciate fan art they often feature lots of them or work with the animators on their own channels yeah we watched one earlier today where they actually included it in this animator in their show yeah so i think it's i think that's part of the appeal of being an artist is that if you make something that the creator of the original really likes that they'll like notice you it's it is fun to be noticed this happened to me three years ago i did a fan drawing of laura olympus and the thing just skyrocketed. And not only that, uh, but Use Band-Aid, who makes Laura Olympus, shared it on her Instagram. And that was it, was, it was something that hadn't happened to me before. It felt very 
different and surreal and cool. And then it's not like Disney where they just copyright it. Yeah, it's it's cool. Like I'm not gonna take your original clientele. I'm just sharing my love of it. The same thing happened when it's not even taking. It's sharing the the clientele in itself. Yeah, and then uh, same thing happened when Pedals to the Metal uh, got announced, and I did a fan art in the style of the artist Carrie Peach, who does the Adventure Zone graphic novels. That thing got shared like 700 times, and that was wild. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, actually uh, the guy who did Five Nights at Freddy's. Like once Five Nights at Freddy's really established itself, I think after one or two, so many copycat games came out. There was like a Krusty Krab version. There was uh, One Night at Chica's or something like that. There was so many um, copycats and you know all that. And instead of um, looking at it and saying, you know, no, you can't exist. No, you can't exist. No, you can't exist. He just let it happen. In fact, recently he has gone the extra mile and has uh, taken like the five most popular ones and said, okay, here's some money. Remake this, remaster it and do what you want to do with it. And it's, instead of saying, oh, this is my uh, IP and everything like that, you can't do shit with it. It's like, I like what you're doing. Keep going. Mm-hmm. They're talking about that. That uh, Great Gatsby just entered the public domain. And so I want this to happen. The Muppets so bad. need to make that. And I swear to God, if this happens, do we, we have will... our casting? What do you think? Well, because of course Miss Piggy's gonna be Daisy. Yeah, uh, and then if Miss Piggy is Daisy, then Kermit has to be Gatsby. You know, I kind of think Miss Piggy should be Gatsby. Honestly, I'm thinking about it now. And but that'd I... be that'd be. Fu- but then who would be her like? The, I always forget the second Kermit character. would be Daisy, who just can't seem to make up his mind with who he's <laughs> going to be with. And then the the other pick from the recent uh, yeah, you can sitcom. Include, include the new characters in, yeah. Um. So then her... Uh, Pepe would be the narrator. Or Pepe would be our... No. <laughs> I, want, I, I would love to see another like female character come in and do that, because like if you're going to if you're gonna fully switch it, then keep it fully switched, because it was three main male characters and one female character and then it's another secondary female character well shit i don't even know if they have enough like the one that's that... what i'm saying like, isn't that weird like i love the muppets but boy they got a diversity problem over there <laughs> the the well maybe that could be pepe but uh because oh good lord yeah this that arises a huge issue There's... so if they go more the traditional route then she would be daisy he would be gatsby and then gonzo i think would be the narrator I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. Hard to say, but that's not what we're talking about here. That's an entirely <laughs> different form of visual storytelling, puppetry, and we'll talk about that one day, I suppose. Uh, so, animation is usually just such a, a line-heavy experience. I certainly appreciate it when it's a line-heavy experience. But shape and form has just as much relevance when we talk about animation Um and that's what Fraser Connell does. What I like about his stuff is that he's got the bodies and the facial features uh, lined up, and he does do uh, mouth animation. Like they do animate the mouths as they talk, which is a lot of work animating things to talk normal looking. Uh, but he's got these wonderful big noodly arms that just go everywhere and do these <laughs> expressive shots. And again, that's like that's not realistic, but it's funny and humorous, and it gets the point across better than trying to get every perfect joint down. And with animation, if it works for what you're, what the story you're trying to tell, going unrealistic or breaking the um, realism is very much encouraged. 
it's got this fun 2D to 3D style. It's all very flat, but the way that things move around the space or that people turn, it feels like a 3D smash flat onto a 2D world, like that video game where you turn the tower and things suddenly look different than how they the did perception before. game uh, no not sub, the, no the super one superliminal no it was like a it was like a pixel oh game. oh uh fez fez yeah it, it reminds me of fez in that way where things are still turning in flat space but it has a 3d quality about it i don't even know like it's hard to describe i wish i had better words <laughs> no i i get what you're saying um it's it's a very unique kind of motion um you don't see it that often it's uh it, it almost looks like when you take animation that is well done and you can see frame by frame and it's slowed down is what it reminds me of because there was this animator. Um, I forget what his name was, but he, I'm pretty sure he worked on Roger rabbit. Um, he got to do his passion project. Um, the thief and the cobbler. Now, a lot of people, if you've heard of this movie, you know exactly what I'm going to talk about. But if you've never heard of this movie, it was actually started in like the seventies, but it took so long that it didn't get released until the nineties where everyone thought it was actually copying Aladdin because it has a similar story structure. Um, but in fact it's Aladdin copied the thief and the cobbler and then it looked like they were copying it back. There's, guys, at, at all points you can just assume that Disney stole it. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Kimba. I love them. They stole it. <laughs> yeah. Love it like they stole it. And um, the reason I bring this movie up is not because of that fun little fact. It's because there are certain scenes that literally break records in how many animation frames you see in one second. You'll, and, for, you'll forget if you see clips of it, especially like the battle scenes or any yeah. time where they're running through a geometric place. You think, I mean, it's, it's fine. It's CGI. You can do that. No, no. All hand animated. All hand animated. All hand animated. You wonder, oh, how long did that take? 20 to 30 20 years. To 30 he years. didn't see the final product. He passed away before it was finished. And that's why it kind of got cobbled <laughs> together. Um, and and there are times when you can really feel the animation because it it's so fluid and so good. Because a lot of times animation is not about finding shortcuts but finding ways to present that fluidity without doing a hundred thousand frames per second because you know our eyes wouldn't be able to take it in but there this one has a fluidity that's almost unnatural because it looks so natural agreed uh we have one more mabim bam uh bino animator to talk about for those of you who are counting down the seconds, we stop referencing other people. Oh my god, oh my god. Uh, but this one is one that I support on Patreon, and you should too. Uh, and his name, uh, their name is Geo the Bio. And what I love about Geo's work is that it's so... <laughs> the level of detail is just fantastic. And you look at it you're like, oh, these are very basic, simple characters. What do you mean by detail? I mean that this is a person who clearly knows the lore of the world that they are animating and throws in so many small, minute references that can pass you by if you aren't a really in-depth fan, but get thrown into sharp, awesome relief the minute you know, oh, I know what that reference is. We have definitely um, watched some of Geo the Bio's stuff and appreciated it, but have gone back since becoming bigger Mimbe and Bino's and understanding Oh, that's what that reference is. Oh, that's what that reference is. Oh, that's what that reference is. This is an artist who has like great 
comedic timing, such good comedic timing and great facial animation. I actually bought like their their work. Like I went to their website and like bought a ton of pins from them and stickers. I just I love the way they draw. And it's really cool. I love the way you draw. I mean, it looks, burr, burr. looks like a bunch of fan art that they put together, like a bunch of really cool fan art pieces that they then put together into a long animatic. Everything you could like freeze and be like, I really enjoy that. And I know this for a fact because as a Patreon, I get work in progress shots all the time. He's working on a political one right now. And Ooh. so he'll just send me like shots of like people standing in front of American flags while bald eagles race by and it's just it's very very good um it is incredibly good I would say Geo the Bio is one of our favorites especially because they not only churn out work consistently but they churn out uh, quality work consistently and I'm not saying anything against any of the other man uh animatic makers or animators who do the bam bam stuff I think I'd like Geo the Bio stuff the most because of just the clips that they pick and the um the 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 uh quality of what they do because there is one um that did uh shrimp heaven now and uh i forget the other one that they're a little bit more famous for but that shrimp heaven now is so well done but they've not really done much since then that i've seen yeah sometimes you get into these you're like oh, i want to see more what the artist is doing and there's just not much more to look at and that's not a that's not a dig on the artist absolutely no. not uh, but it is really cool when you come across an artist and you can like follow back through their filmography, as it were, and see what else they've worked on, see what their own projects are. That's that's what I hope when I do fan art is that people then come like to the page and say, oh, she also does like these OP characters and she does this kind of sketching and like something else. I think every artist is hoping that once you get not acknowledged or noticed for making someone else's art look cool that then you will look at their art and think it's cool too i think we all would hope to have fan art of our art <laughs> yes yes that is the ultimate goal fan art of our art of anything animation writing art whichever uh now uh if uh you uh like the ma'am uh you might like ninja sex party and we didn't know Ninja Sex Party existed for a very long time. So when Until we talk about 2019, this, no, 2020, a year, a year, we are coming up on only knowing about them for a year. Yeah, we are complete up. noobs on this, and we know we've they've been doing this for decades now at this point. So you can feel free to say that we don't know what we're talking about, and I haven't for a while. But I would like to. Ah, <laughs> uh, mint, hun, mint. That was good. <laughs> Uh, but we want to talk about uh, their animated music videos. So I think it's really cool. Uh, I've enjoyed, obviously, viewing comedy bits get animated. Uh, there was a time where I just watched scenes from musicals get animated, like, Disney-style into giant animatics. Hmm. Like, if you ever want to go see... like that's, that's, a, that's a cool thing. Everyone's like, oh, I wish this company would make this film. Like, just go to YouTube and do animatic for Defying Gravity, and you'll find something awesome that you don't need the Disney company to do. Like, it's, everyone's out there making great animatics. You don't have to ask your big content creators for that. But mm -hmm. uh, what I like about these guys is that they use animation for their music videos. So they do live-action ones, too, but I think they've realized that their cartoonish personalities, their bigger-than-life personalities, translate really well to the art of animation. And I think music in general does really good for animation because you can get away with really cool, fantastical stuff in a way that is sometimes perhaps more interesting than just watching the four guys with instruments stand in the middle of a room. Or uh, doing a cover and just all the uh, video is from them in the recording booths. 
Uh, so all the stuff in here we're going to be talking about, we recommend not just as good animation, but as good music. Everything we're going to talk about is something that we love to listen to that are bangers, but that are only improved by the addition of the animation within it. Uh, the first guy I want to talk about is uh, Simon Mako, who I love more and more and more. And Aaron, you didn't get to see this, but last night I found one of him doing basically every 10-minute power hour with the Game Grumps ever, and it's like the best video I've oh ever God. seen. So after this, we'll go watch that too. Um, but he does a lot of stuff, and uh, you can actually see his progression because we've seen him do several videos throughout the course of this band's history. And uh, he starts off with a more uh, line-based... Uh, quality uh, but you can see like his use of color in that because as we expand into mansion party and welcome to my parents house we see that he dives greatly into these beautiful colors his use of color is exquisite it's very neon punk aesthetic without it being like off-putting it's it's an inviting neon it's very cool and awesome yeah and the use of the colors too like it's not just you know color 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 it's uh bright colors on a dark background or um you know like using my parents house welcome to my parents house as an example like at the beginning they're in a dance club and you get it you can get it just from the colors alone you uh you don't really even have to know that they're in a club or have like an establishing shot you could figure out that they're in a club just because like they'll have a flash of yellow and then a flash of green and then a flash of blue on their faces so um yeah i i really i do appreciate their the 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 color work of Simon Mako as well mm -hmm. and the humor is really on point again it's it's a comedy song it should be humorous to watch it should be fun lots of little asides and goofs uh, and I think uh, for me, the the key part of it is the one, his most recent one, which is Welcome to My Parents' House, which is a jam, and you should all listen to it. It's very good. I think so it's many fruits. like I mean they curse, but it's probably like the, the sweetest, like just just a nice song in general. It's fun to listen to. It's fun to watch. Uh, just the uh, ability of uh, when they're in the they're in the house and he's like talking about romancing her and all the different juices he has and then he's like and that's my grandma's basset hound and the basset hound is like the oldest saddest looking basset hound but it's got a giant uh, starburst behind it and it fades into the frame without moving at all just just this sad old dog who isn't moving <laughs> but they make it like so big and epic like whoa how cool the the comedy in a lot of these is. It works really, really well with the song because sometimes with the song uh, that I've noticed with Ninja Sex Party, it's that you don't really, it's not just funny from beginning to end. It's they start, they establish the song, they establish the style, specifically like with um, Welcome to My Parents' House and It's Bedtime. I think those are two great examples. And of course, those are two very recent examples. Um, but you could almost apply the style as far back as their original stuff that we watched, like the dinosaur laser uh, fight or whatever. Yeah, the nice thing about a comedy when you have only three minutes to get it down is that you can spend the first minute establishing before you punch him with the comedy. You might be, you might forgive yourself for thinking this is a real song for a minute. <laughs> and I say that in the How best possible way. You. No, I think comedy music writing is like the hardest thing in the world to do because not only do you have to be great at one thing, you have to be excellent at two things telling jokes and making good music and those are not a compatible thing it's hard to make a song that people want to listen to again and again and again while still retaining humorous points it's just very hard and there's no career for it and ninja sex party is awesome i, I but disagree there i believe there is now a um 
a career for it. I don't want to say YouTube has made a career for it. I would say I would again disagree because uh, you've had plenty of people in the past make careers out of humorous songs um there was a whole dj that did that so what i'm saying is that's so do you do any of those people tour are they all going around singing their comedy yes. songs yes they all uh, yes hon <laughs> showing because up because they a, were they were essentially live comedy performances i would say for the better part of all of existence until the last 20 years the nope. best you could hope for for being nope. a comedy song was to end up on a dr demento especially TV. all we have no. is weird al and a bunch of dr demento songs <laughs> Dr. Demento is definitely like my um, ex explosion into this kind of stuff. But th this has been around since the 70s or even the 60s. Hell, you may be, be able to say the 50s. I think as long as music has existed, parodies and um, humorous takes on certain things have existed. But ones that have staying power, I can't think of any... Like no one does the Harlem Shake on the radio anymore. That was a a flash in the pan. Not even I wouldn't call Harlem Shake a humor song. It's a I meme believe song. it's it is a meme song, but I would not call it a humor song. Okay. Like not even um, Gangnam Style was a humor song. It became a meme song. Okay, so then in in that regard, like I can think of uh, the comedian that we both really enjoy, who. Stuck it to the label by making one special and then never doing oh, another Bo again. Burnham? Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham got his start making humorous songs. Yeah, again, so making humorous songs, I think, is a thankless job because you have to do two things exceptionally well. You can't fail it either because if you make good jokes but without a good beat, no one's going to listen to it more than once. And if you make a good song with no jokes, what's the point? <laughs> what's the point? point. Uh, so with all of that being said, with all of that being said, I think what I like about most about nin Ninja Sex Party is that it's good music. They're clearly drawing on influences of really good music to like say, I want to make an 80s jock jam, but we're going to make a joke with it too. I want to make some Viking death metal about a kraken who just couldn't give two shits about being the demonic hellspawn of Satan. I'm uh, the kraken. I'm the kraken. Yeah, and I mean that's and it's it's hard to get out of this mindset, but you do have to get out of that mindset of oh, they're just making humorous stuff. They're not really artists or they're not really musicians. When in fact, Weird Al is absolutely a musician. He oh, writes all of his music. He records most of it. He has a backing band, but not as much as you would think. That he does, especially when he when Weird Al tours, because he does tour I know. all the fucking I'm, time. I'm very sorry, Weird well, not Al. All the time anymore. Weird but. Al is very cool. I never meant to say he wasn't. I'm just saying that there are not many other Weird Al's that you could name. Could you? I could, yes, but that's because I'm a weirdo. So weirdo <laughs> with a beardo. Um, the the big thing is is with Ninja Sex Party specifically, the talent that Dan Avididan has. I love how you say his name incorrectly. I every time Avididan. <laughs> I don't. I didn't. I don't even remember how it's spelled. Dan Avidan. Avidan. Okay. Uh, Dan is an incredible musician. He his voice is beautiful and haunting at times. Like, the, it's very good. We'll talk uh, about. One of his or some of his other stuff that he does that has nothing to do with comedy, and I'm not even talking about his covers. He is exceptional, and Weird Al is exceptional too. But the reason I would put Ninja Sex Party just a little bit above is because Weird Al made his mark 
making parodies. He has plenty of songs out there that have nothing to do with anything else um, pre-existing. And I find Ninja Sex Party to be those kind of songs, but done really, really well. Do I think that they're really that comparable? Hell no. Weird Al has his own style, and Ninja Sex Party has their own style. Um, I believe that Dan as a musician is exceptionally, or just better than Weird Al, and, and it's and it hurts hurts to say. I hate to say it too, um, but when you listen to him do just regular stuff, it's amazing. Weird Al has done mixes and has uh, done other things beyond just his parodies, his parody work or his humor work, and those are still really good, but they're not that same level of quality. So, I'm I know this might sound like a hot take, but it's really really not because Ninja Sex Party is awesome, Weird Al is awesome. You should listen to both. <laughs> Uh, if you like Dan's voice after you hear it and you just hope, wish he wouldn't curse so much or swear <laughs> or talk about his balls, uh, we do have another uh, artist, another animator to talk about before we move into some original content, which I'm sure from the picture will be the thing you've been waiting for us to talk about. Uh, we want to talk about Knights of the Light Table, which is a great reference if you're an animator by any means. Uh, a light table is a tool that you use to trace over and look at your drawing before and see, okay, how am I moving from here to here? Have you ever seen the animators like flipping papers in videos? That's what's going on there. Yeah, I didn't get that until like last night. <laughs> uh, and we want to talk about them because there's two of their music videos uh, for entirely different bands that Dan just features vocals on, which were really good. Uh, one of them is Magnum Bullets, which has just the most, you called it uh, 90s anime yeah. versus Twilight Brigade. Their other one, which is uh, 80s, Starlight Brigade, Starlight Brigade, which is 80s anime. Yeah, you could even say like late 70s, early 80s, and then late 80s, early 90s. You could kind of put those two because Starlight Brigade is so like the... I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even go as far to say like Akira, but like there's some... There's some heavy influences. There's like there's a whole um, movie that I can't watch because there's it, it gets it goes from zero to sixty quickly. Um, but that classic like big eyes and you know hopeful smiles and stuff like that. It's it's very reminiscent of the the late seventies early animes. Like when anime first really got its footing. Uh, anime's been around for a long time, but when it really first got its footing with like um, Astro Boy and those kind of things. Um, whereas is Magnum Bullets, what we're talking about right this second, um, I find that to be more of a late 80s, early 90s kind of like... Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, Dragon Ball Z, where like they went from a little bit weird concepts to super weird concepts. I think for me it was the uh, how color palettes played in both of them. And you know me, I'm a big old art nerd. Uh, with uh, Starlight Brigade, they're, they draw it great because there is a scratchiness, a faint scratchiness to the film. I'm not even sure about the filter or how they're doing the line work. Uh, and the use Possibly of, both. And the use of color where it's slightly muted, like they're drawing on like older paper, except for like, the or really like bright flashes of light. Or it's like a VHS that's been watched that's so it. many times. That's it. It's that old, beautiful VHS quality without it being... It, there's something about it. And then when we get to uh, Magnum Bullets, you're right. There's like all these geometric angles and people riding bullets and all the heavy emotions and dark colors. It's, it's very bebop. <laughs> it is very, uh, whereas you know, like Starlight Brigade has a lot of emotion, but it's less dark emotions and more hopeful. You know, it does go 
um, into a, a kind of a dark place at one point, but it's it's still full of hope. Yeah, like a young kid finding a group of friends having to leave his home behind to go save the universe, and he does it, and it's great because he found the power in himself, which is awesome. And then Magnum Bullets is about a rebel force where all of their members got slaughtered, so they went and just kicked ass and took out, and it doesn't change anything, though, because all of their friends are still dead. It's, it's exactly. a different story. It's, it's, yeah, it's a revenge story, but it's a beautiful revenge story. <laughs> A glorious revenge. A glorious revenge. <laughs> but yeah, it's I, I loved both of them. I remember you showed me Magnum Bullets for the first time, and it moved me. Like, um, I didn't cry, but I did well up a little bit. It's it's really that that's a, that's the beauty of animation, isn't it? That's just the beauty of like a, a well told story in three minutes with beautiful line work, and that's sometimes all you need to get the emotion of something across. Like that's the uh, old adage, isn't it? When you can't talk anymore, you sing. And when you can't sing anymore, you dance. And I think music videos are like, skip the first step entirely. You're already <laughs> there. You're already getting moved. It's too late. You can't stop this train. <laughs> and like Starlight Brigade is so good too. Like I love the the action behind Starlight Brigade just a little bit more because of how they animated the ships and like how they would like blip out of existence because they're going so fast. Like the very, the, the, uh, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, uh, oh, I'm going to get ripped apart in the comments on this, but they're like instant transportation that they do. Uh, the, um, and where's it, it reminded me a lot of that. And um, I love that even though it, this has nothing to do with the Ninja sex party, the Ninja sex party people save for Dan are in the, are his friends and they're done so well. Like at one point um, there's a lion character that is part of the band. He uh, like, they he gets like a shock or something like that and you see the shock like travel up his fur and you see like every little th detail of the fur go up and again going that extra mile and um both of these music videos definitely go that extra mile because there's a shot literally of a shot um in magnum bullets where this robotic or half robot or cyborg owl gets shot in the head and like it goes from him just standing there to getting shot in like a split second and you see the pieces like fly off it's the t attention to detail with that kind of stuff oh absolutely it's it's awesome all right we have gushed enough on other people who've been following the coattails of others <laughs> let's go into some op let's go into some original content let's talk about some people who from the ground up have built entire new worlds, characters, stories, animation studios. You all know we were going to get here. Let's talk about Vibsy Pop. And, and there are so many out there. Like, there are, like, 3D animators, like the, the Bean Assassin guy. There are a ton. And a good channel that we would recommend to get introduced to some of them is um, Saber Spark. He t he has no fear about talking about some of the smallest stuff to really introduce because he loves animation more than us, I would say, because uh, he himself does kind of an animatic review, which is really, really nice. And it keeps you interested. Um, so there, understand we are we are we're not going to scrape the bottom of the barrel to find the smallest, you know, indie studios. But there no, are still people who we're basic bitches. Sorry, exactly. There are still people who haven't heard of Fizzy Pop, you know, with Hasbun Hotel and all this stuff. So, I love a boss. There's, there's so much. Yeah, which I um, I'm interested to see why. Maybe they're just not that part of YouTube. I mean, 
I didn't discover really discover Game Grumps until recently. Um, I didn't really discover Markiplier until uh, until Five Nights at Freddy's, and he'd been producing content for at least two years before. To be fair, to be, be fair, fair, I really think that YouTube is even more bubble insulated than Facebook. When you start, when you go to YouTube and you watch something that you've gone there to watch, you immediately start curating your content, and it will limit exceedingly the people that you get introduced to. Um, and I've only recently found that out because I'm, I'm looking at the things that I watch and I'm saying, you know, I don't get a lot of c content creators doing things that I'd be interested uh, the outside of what I think I'm interested in. That's how I found bad movies and a beat because I said, you know what? I like people reviewing bad movies. I want to see more people who do that. And I started just hunting just a bit more in my lower recommendations to be like, this looks interesting. I'll try this out. And again, it's all about if you find the right connective bridge, if you find someone who, if you like watching reviews of <laughs> Twilight, and then you find another person who reviews Twilight, and then you go to them, you realize, oh, they also review other things, and I've never heard of them, and I have to hear of them now. Uh, but yeah, I think YouTube kind of insulates you if you don't And you're not careful, yeah. yeah. Because there are times when you're like, well, I, you know, I've watched all of Game Grumps. What else can I watch? And they'll suggest other ones that are similar to it. Or, you know, I don't even remember exactly how I got onto Game Grumps. And it might have been because of Ninja Sex Party, um, which the lead singer from Ninja Sex Party, Dan, is the one of the Game Grumps. Um, he hasn't always been a Game Grump, but he did find some success and then has built himself up through that. So I think that there are times when you can find those hidden little nooks to explore different rooms in YouTube, but it's not often. You got to find that on-ramp and then you have to take it because you can't passively enjoy YouTube. It's just going to keep giving you the same stuff you've already seen unless you work at it. Yeah, yeah, it does. It reminds me a little bit of like a Pandora station. Like Pandora, it, it, Pandora is the opposite problem, but a similar solution. Yeah. You have to be active with it because Pandora will go... You'll put in and say, like, I want to listen to Ninja Sex Party. And then you'll listen to Ninja Sex Party. And then you'll listen to, you know, uh, Eagle Raptors band. Uh, and then the other guy from Game Grumps. And then you'll listen to a song by Weird Al. And then all of a sudden you're listening to, you know, fucking uh, JoJo Siwa or whatever. And it's like, how the fuck did I get here? I don't remember taking this ramp. So I like but Pandora can... surprising me. I wish it did it more. Sometimes I feel like it doesn't know what to do. Really? No, like I I do very specific channels. So like I picked something based off of uh, <laughs> uh, Pop Stars by KDA. And Pandora does not w know what to do with J-pop. It gives me the same three songs over and over. It has no idea what to do. And I'm sure there would be people who disagree. I think what happens is with Pandora, you really have to say, okay, I want to listen to this song and this artist and and then start liking things and that's how it improves the algorithm gotta like otherwise it'll yeah just... you gotta curate it for a while because i made a workstation that was like you know had a good mix of things and you know i would make sure to like things that were a little bit more universally accepted and stuff like that versus like where my ska channel is all ska and all the time and i want nothing else but ska and it will sometimes deviate just a little bit give me a little bit more reggae and i'm like okay that's cool cool and then i'll thumb a song down and it'll put me back onto the rail so shout out to ollie she got me in the everything black station and i've not heard a bad song on there and i've not heard the same song twice so thank you for that <laughs> but um yeah with youtube you actively have to search these things out i don't even remember how we got on to um has been hotel it had to have been the day it dropped. The day it dropped, and again, it's all about 
if a bunch of people start watching it, YouTube's going to start recommending it. No, regardless of quality, it's if eyes are on it, your eyes should be on it too. And that's how the game works. So we got on there on the train, maybe like two million people had watched it at that point. It's like, you'd be interested in this because now it's like 175 million people have watched it now, or that many views, as it says. Uh, And we saw it, like, well, that looks interesting like the character design looks fun and the colors are cool we did not know what we were walking oh into. god no <laughs> not even we close. were not ready because it shows up with just all these demonic images and eyeballs and and this really almost disney-like song and it's disney in the most twisted of senses yeah it's okay so we gotta talk about vivzy pop who basically said i have a style in 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 the way that best artists have, I have a style. I like drawing in it. People like it too. How can I do more with this? And so she went and brought together a series of incredibly talented people, from voice actors to storyboarders to animators to editors, and they all together worked to create what is essentially a test pilot for an as of yet unclaimed show called Has Been Hotel. I thought I heard that she did get. Not claimed, but she did get some funding, and that's why she's doing the Hell of a Boss series. Yes, if someone has jumped on that, again, we, we are not deep analysis. We just know what we like, and we talk about it. Uh, but this is where it's different. We're going to also talk about Long, uh, Long Gone Gulch. Am I saying it right? Yes, yes, yes. you are. Uh, we will talk about that, too, which kind of feels like a, a, like a, a follow-up. Not from the same creators, but from another creator who has a similar style. That was a Kickstarter-funded program. Hasbro Hotel is not Kickstarter-funded. This no. was just a company, basically, coming together it's and two, saying... It's two animators who wanted to create their own content. Um, they're not super well-known, because I researched them. They've done some decent work in the past. Oh, we're talking about Tara Billinger and Zach Bellissimo? That's, y- that's for Long Gone Gulch. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's some sort of conglomeration between the two of them. They've worked in the animation de- in the field. So yes, oh yeah, absolutely. That's how they're able to say, look, I've done this, you can come here. But, uh, but Hasman Hotel is just a bunch of people who believe in the project enough to work for untold hours to get something that immediately just skyrocketed into popularity and that everyone loves. And Vizzy Pop has done... This she uh, they they have made work before mm-hmm. uh, Julian Vivian or whatever uh, her actual name is. Um, she's done work before. She did a, like this kind of fun little short where uh, this guy is super unlucky and it's like his curse. And his friend he like he runs away from his friends and it's it's a really kind of a sweet short. Um, but this one definitely has a lot. That one was like a fun one, but I don't see it being a series. This, I absolutely see it being serious. The story is more concrete and much more established. Um, and then Hell of a Boss is actually, funnily enough, an offshoot. You actually see one of the characters from it in the short. Um, and they were planning on these characters being these kind of recurring characters within the show. But then they were like, no, I think they would work better in their own show, which honestly is hilarious. With that uh, dag from Angry Beavers voicing Richard one of the Horvitz, who is a goddamn treasure. Um, he, if if you don't know Angry Beavers, you know Invader Zim, where he plays Invader Zim. Uh, he is actually one of like one of my favorite voice actors, um, and I had a chance to meet him, but I didn't really know who he. I, I mean, I knew who he was, but I wasn't a big fan of his until after that point, and I was I'm so disappointed in myself. 
because I would have bought something just for him to sign. It was <laughs> I'm so mad at myself. The voice uh, acting is stellar. And considering that this is a project just all done by these people, it could have so quickly gone up its own ass and it didn't. Like that that's the if you're surrounded by yes men, things can just become just nonsense. We hear so many Kickstarter horror stories of the money just going to studio space and gold toilets and not actually towards <laughs> the project that you promised to make us. And it's so hard to, as a creator to feel beholden, tied down to the fans of this of this pitch and knowing that if you don't deliver on that exactly as you pitched it they won't like it but the necessary evolution of creative content means you have to at some point change and adapt and maybe this isn't working we tried this now again it's it's really hard to just play for your fans it's really really hard it is incredibly hard but i think there are plenty of success stories and there are plenty of companies who are taking these kickstarters and making good with them you know i personally have kickstarted a couple of different projects and, you know, I'm currently reaping the benefits of one of them right now with my phone. Um, and, you know, and then I also use a soap thing that I got kickstarted. We're going to get a foldable kayak soon. That's exciting. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> eventually. But yeah. Uh, so I think what I would love to do, I know we can talk about the animation for days. Uh, first of all, go watch Has Been Hotel. Uh, please don't watch it if you are, gosh, just children don't watch it please it's it's not for children it's absolutely not for children uh nsfw yeah there's there's no safe point from it uh but i actually heard this cool argument and i want to talk to you about it uh recently they released uh, a music video which this song also slaps called addict oh my god this song fucking slaps and it features one of the characters two of the characters from the has-been hotel pilot angel dust and cherry bomb uh talking about their various uh addictions honestly and how it cripples them but also sets them free it's it's very good storytelling as well as a good song and good animation uh but after that came out a lot of people have been speculating that they think that the main character of the has-been hotel tv series whenever that comes out should be angel dust because angel dust can have a character arc from bad to good. So I have my own thoughts on it, but just pitching the idea that some people think that another character from Hasman Hotel could be a better main character. What are your thoughts on that, having seen the pilot? It's going to be difficult. As opposed to our princess. Of <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going to be difficult because I think the intent of Hasman Hotel is her not character arc but her story of trying to create a better world or a better hell essentially um i don't know if i agree that angel dust should be the main character but i don't disagree that angel dust still shouldn't have a redemption arc because um you can have side characters or non-main characters with really, really well done redemption arcs. I have a perfect example. Who do you think I'm going to say? Uh, Zuko, of course. There you go. It's always Zuko. It's always Zuko. Because Zuko was well written from the beginning enough to have people interested in his story. And it was an interesting enough story. I think Angel Dust is very similar. And I don't think it's the exact same story, exact same redemption arc, or anything like that. Well, let me clarify. When I say arc, I don't necessarily mean a redemption arc. I mean a character arc. I um because redemption is is a good storytelling tool, but I think it's more important for the character to have an arc. Like Walter White has an arc. It's from good to bad, but he always had the badness <laughs> in him that like 
laid the seeds for what a monster he could become. So it's it's a compelling arc, even if it's not a good, a happy, uh, a positive moral victory arc. It's it's still an arc. I mean, and I can see that too. Um, it's going to be difficult to really predict where the series is going because the pilot sets up but i can see it being a little bit more of an ensemble cast versus just focusing on the character that we see throughout the series because in reality we actually see a lot of both of these characters so i could see it being kind of an ang and zuko kind of thing where they do kind of split the focus just a little bit mm-hmm. um you know whereas like with cora they split the focus a few different ways but not as much as they did with um you know the last airbender i think that in all honesty i would love to see some sort of arc or some sort of storytelling especially with the um interesting narratives that they are putting forth with the the music video because i think it's i think the music video is similar to like the books or the 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 uh teaser trailers and stuff like that for five nights at freddy's because Five Nights at Freddy's always does this really great thing of like putting in little Easter eggs here and there, like giving you little tastes of what's to come. Um, you know, like other games that you don't think really have much to do with it actually have the most to do with it. You know, I so I think the music video because Do you think Scott Coffin has the same Thank sort you, of, Scott Coffin. Thank you. Do you think Scott Coffin has the same uh two guys that uh, <laughs> that Game of Thrones guy has to make sure that he doesn't mess up his worlds? These two guys. So, okay, so George R. R. Martin uh, has no. these two guys <laughs> no. who have plotted where every character is and where they are in timelines and maps and arcs. And they're like, no, George, you can't put them there because actually they're over here for the past five months doing this. So you think Scott has a team? No, I really, really don't. I think his team has ex- has grown exponentially because he made that first game pretty much by himself. So I I would say that, his, no, his, his team has grown, but I don't think he has something like that. But... The way that they presented this this music video, especially because the character of Cherry Bomb is a character in the pilot, but not nearly like she is one hundred percent, fifty percent of well, that was bad. She <laughs> she's half of the focus of this music video. You don't get much of her character in the pilot. You like in the three minute music video, like I kind of know what her character is now, at least a little bit more. Whereas with... I think we see Serpentor more than we see Cherry Bomb. Exactly. Serpentor, Serpentis uh, is way more involved in this this pilot. So um, I would say that that's... They're, I think they're laying Easter eggs of what's to come. And I'm very happy with that. Also, the song fucking slaps. But, it's very good. Um, I, there are some great moments in this. There's like flashes of things that like unsettle you similar to like what Tyler Durden would do in a fight club. And, uh, but there are some beautifully shot things in this too. There's at one point, angel dust, uh, is on a stripper pole and dancing. And, um, you see, uh, the, this character is like blowing smoke, uh, at it or at them. And the, uh, the smoke forms manacles and chains around his neck and wrists. And then, uh, but it like, it like, in, in, no, uh, tantalizes him by like kind of going up his neck and up his nose. And there's this very slight movement in it, but it adds so much to the shot where he kind of comes up and then his head kind of comes down just incrementally. It's so good. It's, it's again, a paying attention to these details 
that we've seen from Fizzy Pop, even in that um, the unlucky or bad luck club short. So I, I it was so I the quality that you see in the music video is more akin to what we've been seeing with Hell of a Boss, which makes me think that they do actually have money now. Um, and I think Hasman Hotel doesn't have a release date yet, but I think it's gonna be coming soon. I'd I'd hope so. I uh, think a hell of a boss is the uh, appetite or the appetizer. Definitely, especially like, with that last episode, that was fucking on point. <laughs> uh, so we move from uh that to a Kickstarter, who also got some great voice talent, some great animation, some great scores, some great set designers. We moved to Long Gone Gulch, uh, which just dropped. Like a week or two ago? It, oh, no. At this point, it's been probably about a month, month and a we half. We are always on top of things. <laughs> uh, and this one, I We're think, not totally watching Hilda right now or anything. Shush, shush, shush. Uh, we got... I, I'm pretty sure we got recommended this because of Vivzy Pop. More than likely. Mm-hmm. And uh, the voice actor uh, is the voice for... E.G. Daly, who is yeah. the voice of Tommy Pickles. Yeah, which is just so great to hear their voice again. It's so good. It's so iconic. Uh but it's it's iconic in like a nostalgic way as opposed to just doing the same character again. Yes, and um there's the other main character is voiced by a gentleman who was in the show Salute Your Shorts which is hilarious. <laughs> um I think he was also in Terminator 2 if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um but the uh, the best thing is is like his voice once you hear it and understand who he is, you pretty much can't unhear it ever. Uh Danny Cooksey and, and how can I not unhear it? He's also Dave the Barbarian. That's it. That's he's, it. He's actually done a lot. Um, he was in Terminator 2. Uh, he was also in the Lorax, but he was one of the random people. He was Stoop Kid. He's he's done. Oh. Um, he's, the, he's a veteran. He At this point now, I would call him a veteran. He was in which... So that was a money thing. That was a thing they needed for Kickstarter to be like. I we I need don't know. Money to hire Danny Cooksey really like he finds some interesting projects to work on. Like I always there there's a there's some issues I have with Disney in their some of their lesser known properties like Muppets. They they don't do enough with a bump with the Muppets. They're they're trying. I see them starting to do a little bit more and trying a little bit more with this new Muppets now even though the quality of it's not really that good. Um, honestly, the Muppet show, the sitcom, multi-angled sitcom, was a lot better. Um, but the uh, they, they also have another property that they don't really know what to do with, and that's the Disney XD brand, which is kind of like their more action-packed, fun, like, like in-your-face cartoons and, and shows. Um, and the reason I bring that up is because there's some awesome shows that people have never heard of. Kick Butowski, which Danny Cooksey was on, is one of my favorites. It was so good. It was so quick-witted and, and pa- action-packed. And, oh, man, it was so it was well-animated. So well-animated. Um, there's some other shows like um, I'm in the Band, which was well was hilarious. The, the concept alone is kind of fun. Okay, you know, whatever. The, the actors that they got for these characters and the writing is awesome. Fucking spot on. Wasn't uh, Wander Over Yonder also from Disney XD? Yeah, 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 exactly. See, Wander Over Yonder, it, it like, and then Ultimate Spider-Man. You want to talk about like going MCU before MCU really started going? Ultimate Spider-Man. He brought so many, and it's voiced by freaking. Um, you can do it. 
He's got the brain. Drake Bell. Um, Drake Bell did the voice of Spider-Man, and he does a great job. So I, I'm always sad that Disney XD, and the reason I brought that up is because Kick Butthowski, who had Danny Cooksey in it. So there's my train of thought. So good. I thought I was left at the station, but turns out I was on the train the whole time. <laughs> you never got off. <laughs> but so with Long Long Gulch, it reminds me of some of these shows a little bit more. Like um, even the animation style or the art style more so for the whole pilot is uh, reminds me a lot of El Tigre. Yes. Yes. I would Another say Another Disney XD show. And the thing that I think that Long Long Gulch has over Vivzy Pop is the sound editing i would i would agree with over uh has been hotel not with hell of a boss hell of a boss i think yeah. hell of a boss has they it, they they figured out how to make it so the background music doesn't always or and explosions don't always go over the character's words the mixing is a lot more uh fluid a lot more well done and the band that there's an actual band that they hired for long gone gulch uh, like a like a punk rock band. No, they 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 had their name at the front, and I'm being bad. I brought up something that well, I didn't keep, know. Keep going. I'll look it up for you. Uh, uh, what I really like about this character, uh, our main character, our sheriff. Uh, she's she's full of that frenetic energy without being like a manic pixie dream girl. I think the manic pixie dream girl kind of died. I don't think I've seen. Thank God. Yeah. It. It. it you know. If we're talking about good, you know, not not even good, just engaging female characters. That that's one that can pass along. <laughs> it's it's had its time in the sun. Uh, I like characters that engage and interact, and I love that she's a spitfire. And but she's not strong enough to be just like take all names and no one backsass her. People always backsass her. Uh, and this this bunny mayor, this this jackalope mayor. Oh my god, that. It's played for laughs, and I I like that. But when they do that, like that weird kind of almost Courage the Cowardly Dog stuff, to Courage the Cowardly Dog was a whole series of it, and it that made it okay. But when it's done to like one character, the the hyper realistic stuff, yeah, that kind of that stuff turns me off a it's, little bit. It's a little Ren and Stimpy. It's a little. I would even go to a uh, little Ed, Ed and Eddie, where like it's over exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a that's a fun thing about animation. You can over exaggerate like stupid amounts, and it's still like believable as far as your suspension of disbelief goes. I I really am sorry, and I sent you down that little rabbit hole. It was a it was an actual band, and I thought that was cool. That in addition to scoring, Long gone they had a. If you go to the YouTube and you look creeps, at, yeah, creeps, the creeps. You've heard of them because I yeah. haven't. Oh. Cool. <laughs> I just I just thought that was cool. I, it adds, you know, it's just I like having a score, and I like having a band used. I like them both. It's 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 a double edged sword. I know. <laughs> like one of my favorite movies, Treasure Island, Treasure Planet, does do this, where you have a score, and then you also have uh, Johnny Resnick just singing at his heart out, uh, so Jim Hawks doesn't have to sing. And for for the record, I'm appreciative of that, but I think there's so many things that just rely on a pop soundtrack from different artists to make you feel what the characters are feeling instead of actually making you feel something just because the story is good. Most stuff, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, does that. But uh, for Long Gone Gulch, I like it because it's the same band. So it has cohesion. It has narrative thematic relevance. It's not just a bunch of different 
music from different bands all coming together jukebox style. It's it's your ABBA, it's your Mamma Mia, and if you do the Mamma Mia well, it can be pretty good. <laughs> I've always had an idea of trying to write a musical with a band um, called the Deer Hunter. They uh, they have CDs called Act One, Act Two, that kind of stuff. Um, but spell s- it out, babe, because I always get the wrong Deer Hunter. The D E A R space hunter not d-e-e-r hunters yeah there there is a band called deer hunter um they're completely separate the deer hunter like oh my dear oh my darling um that it, it's a entirely separate band and i lo- the first cd is fun it's a little short the second cd is so good i actually am trying to force myself to listen to act three um because they actually go up to act five they have other cds but like Apparently, like, they're all supposed to kind of somewhat fit together because at the end of this first CD, you hear a band kind of slowly, um, like, start tuning up and, like, doing that and grow, and that's, like, the end of the CD. And at the beginning of the first song of the second CD, if I'm not mistaken, I might be reversing a little bit, you actually hear them kind of start playing. So it's a little bit of, like, a if you listen to them back to back, you will actually go into a flow i would if love I'm... to do that with the united states of eurasia album by muse that would be awesome <laughs> it's it's very operatic it's very queen yeah there's so many um great uh cds out there that could easily be made into musicals i mean american idiot was made into a musical very true so and you can hear the, the lead singer being like we did not expect to be here uh <laughs> and there are there are those who are like how did we get here and then there are those like jimmy buffett who are like oh Cool, I'm here. Let's make a All musical. Right. <laughs> cool. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, Long Gone Gulch is well done. The animation is fun. It, it reminds me kind of like LT Gray. I was, again, Jimmy Krakowski a little bit. A little bit, but not as A little Dexter's slow. Laboratory, a little. I, I saw more Edit and Eddie uh, than I saw Dexter's Laboratory. Um, you know, like the character designs are fun. Um, and again, like. LT Gray, I definitely saw that uh, a little bit. Um, it's it's a great art style; it's very unique. So I, I'm interested to see where that goes too. Um, and of course, you know the voice acting in it is really well done. I like the uh, the kind of Egyptian pharaoh mummy girl. Yeah, like that's a really interesting character. That's like not really that well done, and it's not. She's not even like stereotypical. Like, oh hello, I am. <laughs> How they all Cleopatra. They, every single voice of yours is like that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was talking to my mother the other day. Oh, hello, Aaron. Would you like some cookies? I think that's a great point to end on, don't you? It really is. Uh, if you're interested in checking out any of these animations, we will have links below. You may wonder why we didn't do a sponsored home. That's because all of these our sponsors today you should check out all of them they're you, not really we're not spo- hashtag not sponsored we have, by them we are hashtag not sponsored but you should check all of them out and give them a watch and see if you like what they do uh especially if you're a fan of animation especially if you think that animation is just a kid's thing especially if you think that animation is a genre it is time to explore your horizon it's time to broaden your reach uh so check out the links below if you want to take a look at those um, and I will tell you, uh, just on a little, my little aside, that my favorite animated thing on YouTube is Ryan Woodward's Thought of You. Uh, go ahead and I'll put the link in there, too. If you want to just see some really 
freaking gorgeous animation, like Glenn Keane style, before the cleanup artists get in and start working their magic. Like, if you like raw animation, this is the one for you. So that's my little personal fave. You can go check out. I I really like that Glenn Keane uh, um, one that he did with the dancer and the climber. Mm-hmm. That was so oh, yeah. good. Oh, yeah. I mean, the one he did with the two kids who grew up together. That's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. the exact one I'm talking about. Because one, one became like a, a climb, round climber and the other one was like a ballet dancer. Yeah. It, anything by Glenn Keane, man. Just that was so beautiful. Love him before he gets hashtag problematic, please. Oh, God, every, please no. Every man is on the short string. Just like them all and then get ready to say goodbye to every one of them. I like that pointed look he sent my way there, hon. <laughs> yeah, you're, one, you're the only person in here. Two, you're the man in our two-person outfit. I can't help that. Oh, Lord. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, before I become hashtag problematic, too, be sure to subscribe in all those different places. What were they again, hon? Uh, if you want to follow us, you can find us on Facebook, Marriage the Idea. You can also check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. I think you, I think iTunes still subscribes. I think that's what you call it. I think. <laughs> Follow us, listen to us, leave a review, tell us what you think. And if you think we should do more dives into the weirder recesses of media, let us know. Um, and uh, we are hoping to, um, you know, really keep going with 2021 and keep going strong. You know, maybe we'll have another episode that has like, 600 listens or something like that that would be exciting <laughs> that's our that's our measure measurement for success 600 listens. 600 lessons all right she's been elizabeth he's been aaron and, and we're, we're married, married to, to the idea, idea.